You're listening to Unite, 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 Unite 2011 with Tyron Akel. Wow, that was amazing, Jane. That was such a <clears throat> such an anointing. Hey, while she was preaching, it was so good. It was so amazing. Yeah, um, sure. You know, Jens and I have kind of been investigating this thing of creativity together, so we kind of, I guess, maybe overlap a little. And but I just love exactly what she said. There's actually something. It's like when you operate in your gifting, you align yourself up with heaven. You align yourself with heaven, so that because you are doing the very thing that God has created you to do. And when you're doing the things that God creates you to do, you align yourself with heaven and you receive supernatural favor. You get supernatural favor. Doors will open for you where it's not, it shouldn't open for you. Like my wife. You know, she didn't study. A whole bunch of other people want the job. She just got the job. It's like it doesn't make any sense because she's aligning herself up with the giftings that God has put in her and then he just supernaturally opens the doors. And that is exciting. Um, yeah, we, we, um, <clears throat> I'm talking a bit about this thing of story versus message. Jesus told stories. And when I say story, I mean I, I love to write. Writing is my passion and writing is one of my giftings. So I immediately will, will speak about it from that perspective. But when I speak about story, I'm speaking about all creativity because all creativity has story. Okay? So whether you're painting a picture, you're telling a story. Someone's going to look at the painting and there is something about, wow. They, they, what it is, is your painting is going to take them from where they are to what your painting is speaking to them. Does that make sense? It's like it's going to be like a journey. So they're going to stand here. They might be in this place. They're looking at one single picture, but it's suddenly that, that picture is going to infiltrate their story, and it's, and it's going to kind of, wow, that's an amazing picture. It's inspiring me. It's influencing me even as I look at it, and it's like there's a story in it, and there's a story behind you creating it as well. So every, every single thing that we do art-wise is story. It's around story. And um, <clears throat> Genesis, you know, in, in Genesis, it tells us that God, you know, God created the first thing that our father did. He was creating. The very first thing we see God doing is creating, and he's calling things good every time he creates them. This is good. This is good. This is good. He's just having a blast. Okay, he's having a really good time creating. It's like, whoa, that's good. I really like that. Whoa, that's amazing. Then he creates you. And he says, it's very good. You know, he's like, whoa, this is amazing. This is so, this is so much fun. He does a bit of sculpting. And he's like, whoa, this is very good, you know. I love this. And um, so just as when we create, we are um, mimicking the Father, if that's the best word, but we are... We are we're imitating the Father when we create. We're imitating Him because He loves to create. Um, but there's something key about knowing that we are very good. So that when we create, there's something of an excellence that, that 
we can do, we can create with excellence, right? Here's the big difference, right? If you believe that you are merely representing God, you will spend your life attempting to represent Him well by preaching a message. If you believe that you are merely representing God, you will spend your life attempting to represent Him while preaching a message. If you understand that He dwells within you, you will realize and operate out of the place of being the message. Okay? Right. So, this, this for me is one of the, 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 this is really a foundational key. Okay? So, if you believe that you're down here and God's up there and, and actually you're desperately trying to please Him, then, then it's kind of like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna preach you're gonna create with a message to to because to convey who God is. Okay, I'm gonna explain that a little bit further. But if you know that the Spirit of God dwells inside of you, you understand that you are the message. That's the key difference, right? So that means that when I create, I'm not worried about ooh ooh is this um is this divine and is it um well i'm not sure like i've, I've done a painting of of a family and a and a dog should, maybe i should put jesus on the roof because it's otherwise it's unspiritual you know what i mean otherwise it's not a spiritual painting and uh but if you understand that you are the message and that the spirit of god dwells inside of you whatever you create is being created with, by the Spirit of God, because you are a new creation, right? You're a new creation, right? So your whole worldview has changed because the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. You don't even have to worry about that. You don't have to force that. Your worldview has changed. And so, because you're a new creation, I can create freely, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, I can create freely, and what I create is going to impact in the world, okay? And my, what I believe is this, that if you were to leave, if I got saved and you left me alone with Jesus, I would create the most amazing things. It would ju just me and the Holy Spirit, I would create the most amazing things. The problem is that we get religion and stuff that gets all over us. Oh my God! Is that spiritual? Isn't? Is it? I mean, I wonder if it's actually glorifying God and and actually. Oh, I better not. And and we get into the small place, and I shouldn't create, and I shouldn't create. Oh, the devil just loves this, and you get into this really small place. Okay. See, when we get that stuff off of us, it's quite simple. It's you, and it's the spirit, and the spirit inspires you, and you're like, oh, that's really good. I like that idea. I'm gonna just do that idea, and it's beautiful. It's been empowered by heaven, and you create things that can impact the planet, right? Um, so, Christian art has suffered because we feel like we need to preach a message. Now, for example, like a play, and I, I'm not, I'm not um, um, what's the word? I'm not dishonoring anyone. I'm just speaking. The guys that are involved in this will say the exact same thing, like Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, okay? which is a play which, um, which the guys involved that do it, they say it's not, a, it's not a particularly artistically very good. I don't, has anyone seen Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames? You know, they'll say it's artistically not particularly 
good. You know, it's it's kind of like this um, very simple, and I think a little ch- cheesy kind of um, thing about heaven and hell and, and getting people to choose heaven and hell, right? And, and then we say, okay, it was a little cheesy, uh, but it's okay because it was for the gospel, right? Okay? And um, see, I believe that there's a way on a far greater extent to impact planet Earth with creativity through art that is actually excellent. Right? Which, you see, because Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames emphasizes the message. And we're going to talk now about the power of just em- emphasizing the Spirit. Like Jane was talking about, the Spirit is, is a sen- there's a sense of mystery around the Holy Spirit and why that is actually so much more powerful. And why we can impact um, the world at a far um, greater, in a far greater rate, or whatever. Um, Jesus gave far more emphasis than he, um, to story than he did to message. Jesus had no moral end, moral little endings to the end of his stories. Do you know what I'm saying? He tells his little, he tells his parables, and then he just walks off. I absolutely love that. He'll just drop the parable, and he's like, "I'm out of here." You know? And you're like, Jesus, but like, what happened to the older brother? I mean, did he, you know? What happened afterwards? Did he get a shotgun out and blow the younger brother's head off? I mean, what happened? You know, you can't just leave me hanging. And, um, you know, he doesn't say like, you know, and, and you know, with the, with the sower and the seeds, he doesn't say, you know, um, and he's like, and you, and you, um, seeds that fell on hard soil, you better find soft soil. You know, he doesn't do that. There's no like moral ending, you know. <laughs> There's, there's none of that. He just tells the story. He understands the power of the story, right? And, um, and, and you see, what a parable is, Jane touched on it a bit, is a parable actually means to come alongside or to place beside. That's what a parable is, right? So when Jesus tells a parable, it comes alongside the kingdom, right? And it points to it. That's what a parable is, like, Look, this is what I'm pointing to. I'm pointing to something over here because we can't really perceive this in our natural understanding. So I need to, I need to point to it. We need the Holy Spirit, right? But, but, so, but that's what a parable does. So it comes alongside and it points to something else. That's what Jesus, you know, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. He's, the whole time he's, he's pointing to, um, he's pointing to the kingdom. Proverbs 1 verse 7, 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. If I understand a proverb, I get this. Wisdom, instruction, understanding, insight. To receive instruction. I get insight from a proverb. If I can actually interpret the proverb and understand what it's saying, boom, I get revelation. See, that's what happened. That's what Jesus is doing there, isn't he? He's telling the proverb, then he goes away. Now everyone else needs to walk around. And some people are like, this is really dumb and... And whatever, and only think of some people are walking around. They're going, 
they're walking around and walking around. They're like, what did that mean with the older brother and the other? And then, boom! The Holy Spirit just hits them and they go, oh my word, I'm the older brother. Or I'm the younger brother. Isn't that how revelation works? Like, when, when I get revelation very often, it's like, it's, it's, I'm just driving in my car or I'm, you know, I'm buying something in the chemist or something and you just, you know, you sit, and then you just, boom, it just hits you. Because you've been processing and you don't even realize it, but it's like you don't quite get it, but, but it's like, you know, you know, and then suddenly the Spirit of God just reveals to you. It's revelation, right? So Mark 3, uh, so there's a bit of a, there's a, bit of a, um, a little process here. So in Mark chapter 3, Jesus, uh, 3 verse 10 and 11, he says to them, so he's just told the parable, right? And, and then he tells the parable about, uh, he's, the, about the sower and the seed, right? Then him and his disciples go away. And, he, and when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. Just love that about the disciples. They're probably sitting there like he's telling the parable. They're like, oh yeah. Oh man, that's good stuff, Jesus. Oh yeah, I get that, John. How good is that point? You know, and then they, and then they like around the corner. They're just like, um, sorry, Jesus. What? What was that? What was going on there? You know, um, because when they were alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, "To you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables." Right? Then in, in, he, talk, he talks a little bit later, and he's, uh, he's talking about a lamp under the basket. Still, Mark. Uh, am I in. F oh, sorry, I'm in four. What did I say? I think I'm in Mark. F sorry, you guys must be absolutely lost. I'm in Mark four. Verse 10 and 11. And now I'm skipping on to Mark four. Just a little bit further on, he's talking about the lamp under the basket. And he said to them, Is the lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and are not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Right, so those, the whole point is that, the, you know, a parable is in secret. These guys understand the secret, right? But a parable is in secret for the purpose of coming to light. That's what the whole point of it is. Like, he tells it, hoping that it will come to light. One more step in this process. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 and 11. 6 to 11. Says, This is amazing. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory, for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Those things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Which things? The, the, we, the secret and hidden wisdom. Revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except him, the Spirit of the person which is in him. 
Right, so there's the process. God's saying, I tell a parable. Okay? The point of me telling the parable is that it would come to light. How does it come to light? By the Holy Spirit. Revealing. Okay. So this is key. Because, I'll tell you why now, when I look in my notes. My notes will tell me. I know it's key because I wrote it down. Before I get to that point, I want to say this. I, artists create... We don't create from our logic a lot of the time. Okay? And this has been sometimes, I think, artists struggle in church. In churches. Is that an artist, um, and I'm sure there's artists in the room, and we're all creative, every single one of us. Every single one of us. And so... To, a, to an extent, yeah, we all know what I'm talking about, right? So there is this thing where we get something, inspiration from the Holy Spirit. We get inspiration from the Holy Spirit, but we don't actually understand. We don't understand it. It's like, it's almost like I get a picture or I get a sensing or I just get like, a, you know, the wind blows wherever he pleases. The Spirit blows like a wind and I just get the sense. It's like, I see a picture or I've got like a scene in my head. And it's like, wow, I get that, right? And then you go and speak to a logical person sometimes, and they'll say, well, I want to see a plan. Put a plan out for me. I want you to put a plan here. And that sometimes is the worst thing to say to an artist. Don't say, I need a 10.10-step plan. How are you going to do it? How are you going to budget it? That, then the, then you, the artist is like, ah, I'm out of here. You know, This is too hectic. Actually, what an artist needs to be told is, cool, just run with that. Because actually, it doesn't actually make sense. Why? Because we're, we're living from the Spirit. We're Spirit, you know, the, the Spirit governs us, not, our, not anything else. And, so, and we might not understand what the Spirit's doing, but we get a sensing of what He's doing. And so when we just follow Him, like, we create something beautiful. You know what I mean? Without necessarily completely understanding what it is that we're creating. So the whole point is this, right, that, I, that I've just been talking about. The Spirit is the one that reveals. The Spirit is the one that reveals, okay? And the problem has been that, that in Christian art a lot, we want to force the message. We want to force the message. So what I do is I create something, okay, and you guys all know what I'm talking about. I know you do. <laughs> like... You know, you, you watch a play, you watch a movie where the message is forced. It's like, you must know Jesus. Okay? That's the message. Right? Now, the problem is that I'm not, op now, I'm not doing what the Bible tells me to do. I'm not operating like Jesus did. Jesus told a story and walked away. He emphasized story. Excellent story. Great storyteller, Jesus. He was really good at his telling a story. But he emphasized the story and he said, cool, let's walk away. That was it. Now, what is he trusting? He's trusting the Holy Spirit to do the work. Because there's mystery, there's a sense of mystery. Now, if this person, if you've told your story well, your, the elements of mystery are going to, are going to be high in your story. They get it. And what happens with mystery, it's quite, I get this picture, it's kind of like a, it's like this, you, you, this is your, your art piece is like a butterfly, you know? person sees your art piece, and they don't quite get it, but then it like flitters up like this, and, and goes into, and it like points them to God. 
it's, it's like a beautiful thing that, that doesn't really make sense sometimes in our heads, you know. But what we do is we take away the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to reveal by putting the message, boom, you must love God. You understand? Okay? Which I know is freeing. I know it's freeing for you right now because it's freeing for me just knowing that because it's, wow, I'm free to create. Free to create. I don't have to think primarily about doing a, making a message, you know. Doing a message. There is a music category. Christian rock is the only music category um, that has a like that has a um, it's a, re- a religious or belief system attached to it. Christian rock, okay. And Christ- Christian rock has its own distinct sounds, right? I'm talking about the stuff. I'm talking about stuff you hear on the radio, right? Christian rock has its own distinct sound. It's got chords. It's only distinct chords. Acoustic guitars normally. Um, maybe a singer that sounds like the guy from Nickelback. Um, some cliched lyrics. Right? And oh, don't get me wrong, right? I absolutely like the, I, I love this morning. It was amazing. I love worshiping Jesus. It's awesome. Okay? But what I'm talking about is, is what we do is if we create this 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 um, thing called, this is Christian rock over here. This is Christian rock, right? Do you think that that is influencing the planet? I, I mean, I, I personally don't think it does influence the planet. Um, the first reason for me is that, that, that it's not asking the right questions. Bill Johnson says that. The church is asking the world the wrong questions. You know what I mean? We need to be asking them the right questions. See, if I, pre- if I sing about the holiness of God, okay, that is not asking a question that the world is a- asking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's a little bit too much of a leap for, the, for someone, in the, uh, someone who doesn't know Jesus. God is holy. Like, what does that even mean? Like, they're not going to listen to a Christian rock song, okay, and go, oh, wow. Like, they, they, they're just going to be like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Besides the fact that, that, in my opinion, it's not, it's not um, creatively forward-moving enough anyway. Okay? So, in, I mean, the first thing is, let me tell you something. The first thing is, tell a good story and entertain. If your art is excellent, millions of people will listen to it and be inspired by it. Okay? So, the question, it's not the right question. So, that's the first thing. It's, it's too far away. It's too much of a leap for them to make. You know, the questions they're answering is, is, is like, I'm struggling in a relationship with my girlfriend right now. You know, she's beating me up. She's slapping me around, you know. She's maxing out my credit card. Like, I'm stru- that is what the world, that's not the question that the world is asking. Um... They're, they're wondering what they're doing on planet Earth. They're walking around going, um, I don't know what to do. Let me try this new age thing. Uh, let me try this thing. They don't know what they're doing on the planet. These are the questions people are asking. Okay? Steve Turner says this. The majority of Rembrandt's paintings were of common... I'm touching on what Jen was speaking about. Speaking about paintings were of common people in everyday situations. This was a reformed view of the world. Not religious, uh, not religious times devoted to God, but everything belonged to God. 
So one of the results of the Reformation and Renaissance, not just religious paintings of Jesus, but that everything is God's. He, Rembrandt had the idea of connecting the great God to the fallenness of man. Okay? That, that's something for what his paintings were. And people would be like, that is not a painting of God. How does this represent God? There are just humans in this painting. You know? Where is God? Is he cloaked behind one of these? <laughs> is he hiding somewhere in this painting? The, the whole point is that Rembrandt is saying, everything is God's. Okay? So it's cool. I can paint a painting of people. I can paint a painting of whatever. Because that, for me, is going to make the connection between where a human being is standing and where God is. Someone that doesn't know God and who God is, something like that is going to connect them to So, let me release you, songwriters. It is okay to write a song about a girl that you really like or that broke your heart. Seriously, it is okay. It is good. You want to know why? The Spirit of God dwells in you. Okay? The Spirit of God dwells in you. You are a new creation. So when you sing it, your worldview will come through. Your worldview will automatically come through in that song. Someone will listen to it, and something about it will be like that flittering butterfly. That's, wow, I'm really, I see, wow, I, I, I can understand I, this person. I connect with them, with his pain. But there's something else here. Something else here, you know? Feel free to do that. I thought about this a while back. If a story has the devil mentioned a thousand times and Jesus once, it's still a story about Jesus. If a story has the devil mentioned a thousand times and Jesus once, it's still a story about Jesus. Because you know that the cross was a moment. The cross was a moment that changed everything. It was one moment. Jesus on the cross. The whole of time before oh, was waiting for this moment. The whole time. We now live in this moment. But we look back at that moment. That is the key moment. The moment. The cross. That's it. Jesus, God didn't speak for 400 years. You know, and then, and then, I mean, it's like, it, and it, there's, there's just all these incredible stories of over history, but there's this one moment in the middle of the story that makes, that, that, is, that everything else hinges on, you know? And I think we're afraid as artists to explore a journey. You know, it's like, you know, there is a journey to the cross for all of us. There was a journey to this, like, oh, I went through, and then, oh, met, and there's a journey that we walk in now. It's like, we're too afraid to, to, to and like, so, so it's like, oh, I'm telling a story about a really dark place, like it's white, this person's in a dark place, but actually, I don't want to tell that story because it's like, it's, it's evil. What are people going to think about me? Like, if I tell a story about this, this, this lady who's, who's in an abusive relationship and her husband's beating her. Like, I can't tell that story. That's ungodlike. No, this is what happens. This is what happens. We all fight with this stuff. Because of religion that gets in our heads. It's like, no, you need to tell that story. 
You need to tell the story. And you need to tell this part of the story really well. So that we know how much she, she was in the absolute mire and pit. So that we can understand how incredible Jesus is. So that when we get to the moment, when we get to the moment, the Jesus moment in the story, it is powerful. We are too, sometimes we are just too, I think, just think we use like the Jesus thing too, not freely, but it's like, it's a moment. It's too, what's it too? It's too superficial. Like, you work for that moment. Can I tell you, like when you're learning how to write, you are writing to your climax. It's like you work for that climax. I'm telling you, you write and 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 it's like the whole time in your head, I'm just putting characters together. I'm putting this together and that together and that together because there's going to be this one climax and I'm working for that climax. And when I get there, I've earned it, you know? And um, Steve Turner said this as well. If evil doesn't appear evil enough, then good won't appear good enough, which is why Christian fiction lacks the ring of truth. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is what we're doing is we're not trying to be a religious subculture. We are trying to, we are trying to impact the planet with our, with our art and our creativity. And to do that, we need to understand, hey, this is where people are at. This is what people are struggling with, you know? Let's tell the real stories. Let's paint the painting. Let's paint the gritty paintings that make people go, wow, man, I'm in that place and I feel it. But even in the, in the grittiness of it all, there is always the truth of Jesus' goodness. It's always the truth of Jesus' goodness. You know, this is another, um, oh, this is a Riken quote. He says, modern, is, modern and postmodern art often claim to tell the truth about the pain and absurdity of human existence. But that is only part of the story. The Christian approach to the human condition is more complete. And for that reason, more hopeful and ultimately more truthful. You know? So what I'm saying to you now, you, when often we'll watch movies, right? I love movies. Guys, you guys love watching movies? We'll watch movies and like, you know, very often those very gritty movies are incredibly depressing, you know? And just, um, and just these like real broken characters. And, and, they just, and they're just broken and they break each other and it just ends in this like brokenness. Hollywood applauds, the, applauds those films. A lot of those, most of those types of films get, get the Oscars because we say that is a true-to-life story. See, that's a true-to-life film. So we applaud it, right? Our truth is different. The truth is that Jesus lives, okay? That's the truth. And so, and so there's this like balance because... Because we want to be, we, we need to be authentic to who people are, but at the same time, we have this incredible truth, this moment, this thing of redemption that that need, that will invariably with the Spirit flow through everything that we do and everything that we create. Um, oh, that's good. Um, you know that there are um, something that James is talking about. There, there, there are. There are, uh, there's this guy named Lance Wall now who talks about the seven mountains. Okay, and maybe you guys aren't going into the art. Not, I'm sure mo- not all of you are going into the art mountain. And that's cool. But there are seven mountains. There's not one. Okay, sometimes this really helped me in my mindset because I used to think there was one mountain, the church, right? And we were trying to, and we were trying, the church was it. Like, this is the church mountain. And everyone needs to come to the church. Okay? But actually, 
Lance Wall now says there are seven mountains. Uh, the church, education, arts, media, government, family, business. I say business already. Politics. Government. It's politics, so it's business. Okay? Those are the seven mountains. What Lance Wall now says, the biggest problem with revival through the years has been because revival has stayed in the church. Okay? So everyone gets ignited by what Jesus is doing. We're like, whoa, let's just have a... Ha and we just stay in this building and we're just like, whoa, Jesus is amazing. We love him, we love him, we love him. Instead of reformation, revival needs to lead to reformation. What does that mean? That means that we take all the mountains. We take every single mountain. That means, you see, that what you have in your hearts today is, is absolutely vital for the kingdom. If God's called you to ministry, beautiful. We want, you get in that church mountain. If God's called you to business, you need to be there. If God calls you to arts, you need to be there. And you need to get to the top of your mountain. Okay? Lance Wall now says, statistically speaking, if you take the top 1% of a mountain, you take the whole mountain. Okay? You take the whole mountain. You know why? Because when you're on the top of the mountain, it's like, if this is the mountain and you're at the top of it, everything I believe starts to filter down over the mountain. See, I, suddenly the things I believe take this entire mountain. Can you, I mean, so he says, like, he talks about the fact that homosexuality is, gay rights is a massive thing across the world because there are a lot of, um, Gay people at the top of mountains, right? So especially in, like in the arts, so it becomes a major deal because they're at the top of the mountain, right? Now you put a Christian at the top of the mountain, what we believe begins to permeate through society, okay? And I believe God wants us at the top of those mountains so that when revival comes in the church, my goodness me, it'll come, in the, it'll come across the planet in the most incredible and most powerful way. <clears throat> And it's like, yeah, Britain, that, that picture here of, of in um, Numbers 21, verse 6 to 8, where they, you know, there's the serpents and everything, and, and, and it's Moses. I think he raises up that staff with a, with a golden um, serpent, and, and all the snakes disappear. I don't know if you know the story, but, but in any case, it's, it's, a, it's an image, it's an artistic image um, representing Jesus, right? As you lift Jesus up. For me, I just felt it's like, as we lift Jesus up, He'll lift us up. You know, He'll take us up. He'll 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 bring He'll take us up the mountains to the top of mountains where we have major influence. Um, I'd love to just pray over, just pray over us quickly if that's cool. Um, what I felt was um. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we were singing that song. You can move the mountains. He can move that, that song. Savior can move the mountains. And I felt like um, that's true. He does. He does move mountains. Um, and I, I felt like we need to know and believe today that we walk over mountains and through supernatural doors most powerfully. See, See, when you are operating in who you are, 
That's worship to God. That's the greatest. I need to tell you something. There's no better way to worship God. Okay. You know, we get fed this thing that actually you worship God by sacrificing. Okay. And doing everything that you, you must do everything you hate to love God. Okay. That worships him. That's ridiculous. Okay. That is ridiculous. Honestly, if you're a son and a daughter and God has made you in a certain way, if you operate in the way he's made you, that worships him. It's like, wow, look at my boy. Like, I made him that way. And he's, and he's doing it, man. He's just, he's been, that is worship to God. That's worshiping with your life, you know. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I just want to pray. Maybe, maybe just stand, guys. Can you just stand? Let me just pray. I think firstly, um, are, are there people here that feel that they specifically call to the Arts Mountain, seeing as we've been talking about creativity? Okay, okay, just keep those hands up there. Cool, some guys are just going to come, Richard, just lay hands on you and pray. Jen, do you want to go around brunch? you want to go pray? Mikey, you want prayer, right? So some guys are just going to come pray specifically for you. Who here feels like they called to the mountain of the church into ministry? Cool. Right. Who here feels like they called into the mountain of government? We need people in government. No one. Fair enough. There needs to be a serious boldness come on you then. Who feels like um, the area of education? Okay. What have I missed? Education, government, arts, media. Anyone feel like they're called to the, to the mountain of media? Yeah, cool. The area of family. Okay. Some of you are still working out what mountain you're called to, right? I think I've missed a couple anyway. But it doesn't matter. The point is, hey? Business. Anyone called to the area of business? Yeah, there we go. Come on. Make some money makers in this church. <laughs> right, so I just want to break stuff right now, Lord Jesus. I just thank you for every gifting put on every single person uh, in this place right now. Every single gifting, Lord. I just thank you for the words brought this morning. Lord God, um, I just thank you right now, Lord God, for just a like a like a... Just, I, I just thank you for veils just to come off. I feel like there's just a lifting, like a helmet, just to come off of our heads, like a, like a, like something that might have, like words that have been spoken over us, Lord, that has made us feel like we need to be a certain way. Um, and 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 words that have come, negative words that have come over us that have brought fear to walk into the things um, that we want to walk into. I feel like there's a fear of failure. Oh God, I just break fears of failure in the room right now, Lord Jesus. Right now. I break fears of failure, Lord God. It is far more scary not to go after our dreams than to go after our dreams. It is far more scary not to go after our dreams than to go after our dreams, Lord. Lord, I just break fear of failure right now. And I pray an incredible ability, just a vision and an envisioning right now, Lord Jesus. 
right now in people's hearts. You would just re-envision them, give them new vision, Lord Jesus, but it's just a sense of just seeing, Lord. Just seeing, just seeing the possibilities, the things that you've called them to. I want to, if you feel, forget about the person next to you, really. If you feel like there is something on, like, that's, that's just been spoken over you, that just put this, like, heaviness over your, like, over the way that you think. I just want you to physically take your hand and lift that thing off. Crazy as that sounds. Just lift it right off your head right now. Like a helmet, just take it off. There you go. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for journeys for people in here in this next season, Lord, where it's about just being inspired by your Spirit. Thank you that your Spirit, you speaking to us, is the loudest voice in our lives, Lord God. For some of us, we just need to rehear that. We need to just re-familiarize ourselves with your voice, Lord God. Thank you that that's happening in this season. Refamiliarization, oh God, of hearing your voice. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Sure. There's somebody in here that's into extreme sports and like flying. Who wants to like I don't anything like anyone like that? Extreme sports. Extreme sports. Like, do you, maybe, is it particularly, anyone want to be a pilot of some kind, like fly as well? You want, so you're extreme sports and a pilot. Sure, because uh, I just got a, I just saw a picture of like, it's a pilot over there, all right, wow, that's cool. For those guys, any of you that just said you're a pilot right now or into extreme sports, ha. Huh. Maybe you have in your brain that you can't do, actually make that a profession, but I think that God is saying that you can. Hey, why not? If that's your passion. If that's your passion. So don't, don't allow... Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for the pilots and the nutcases in the room, Lord God, that do extreme sports. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for um, doors of opportunity, Lord God. I just thank you for... Uh, um, Thank you that there would be a resistance to the dumbing down of their dreams and their desires. Thank you for favor, Lord. Thank you for favor over them right now, Lord God. Supernatural favor to see every single one of their dreams become a reality. Thank you, Jesus. Every single one.